Welcome to the Insight Podcast. Today, I've invited Jean-Paul, or JP, Pagalos, to join me on the show. JP is a trainer in business, sports, and coaching. He's the CEO of Elevation Labs, and he's the creator of the Mindset Factors Index. I talked to JP about how he defines mindset and the role it plays in our lives, how you can build an awareness around your mindset to help you reach your potential, the role that pleasure and pain plays in us achieving our goals, what we can learn from the mindset of high achievers, why happiness is tied to progress, and much, much more. Enjoy the episode. So, JP, um, mindset is a topic that I'm diving into quite a bit at the moment. Um, how about we start with you helping define what do we mean by mindset? What, what does that mean, mindset? Sure. Hi, Sam. Thanks for having me on the show, first, first of all. Thank you. So, mindset. Mindset, for me, is your mental map and configuration that you use to operate in life. It's, it's, you know, imagine that you have uh, a game where you have the, the, the boards and you have, you know, the players and you have the rules and you have the strategies and you have the goal and you want to win the game. Well, for us, mindset is the whole set of those things that we use in order to advance and operate and behave in life. That's probably the easiest de- decision I can give you about mindset uh, that somebody can, can understand. I like it. I like it. And so how big a role does it play? And I suppose I'm thinking maybe more in the kind of the business world and the professional sports world, how much of a role does mindset play in terms of people's performance and and improvement? Um, and I suppose compared to what the their preparation and their study and their training, or is there a lot of overlap between okay. those things? Think, think of think of you have a, a mobile phone right now, probably in, in your hand, or or even an iPad around. Well, how big of a role does mindset play? You know that you have some apps in your phone that are a couple of screens away that you have to scroll, and some of them you look at them and it's like I can't even remember that I don't downloaded that. What is it? Well, for me, mindset is the operating system of the phone. It could not run without it. Right. So, so if you ask me how big of a role it plays, well, for me, it's everything. Because literally every single thing that you do in life needs to go through the process of how you process your emotions, your thoughts, your actions, your decisions. So imagine that you know it's a big folder on your computer. It's probably the C drive sitting in the computer, the big main <laughs> folder in your computer. And from then on, you have other things that overlap and connect, and you have you know areas of your life that share folders. Of course you do. But for me, mindset is the biggest thing and the biggest folder that sits on top of everything. Right, okay, okay. Because I suppose I've maybe in the past more looked at mindset in terms of kind of the 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 self talk and the motivation and the the idea you know i told a story on on a on one of the episodes with a guest recently where i was training for a marathon and up to 
the the race day, the furthest I'd ran was a half marathon. Um, and so maybe other people would have said, well, Sam, you haven't trained enough. You, you need to have run at least 18, 19 miles. But for some reason, I don't know why, and maybe we can get into this when we talk about um, some of my results in a bit. For some reason, I've got this mindset where it's kind of like I can see myself crossing the finish line and I just have a, a an intrinsic belief in th- in that one context that I can do this and I've got no doubt for some reason. But as you know, as we've talked about when, when we last spoke on the phone, there are other areas of my life where I, where I don't have that kind of mindset. Um, and so uh, am I wrong, wrong in thinking of mindset in that way? Is that one as- aspect of mindset? Are there more aspects of mindset? Or is that kind of like the, the general picture? It's like your, your confidence, your beliefs, your actions, and, and it can affect performance because it didn't matter that I hadn't trained. My mind thought there's no doubt that I'm completing this marathon. Exactly. No, it makes perfect sense what you're saying. And you can think of it as, as this, you know, you can think of mindset in a very micro level, very, when you zoom in with a microscope and you can take your mindset and the conversation around mindset in regards to finishing the race, you know, people would tell you, you know, you're not going to finish it. You've never run that far, but in your mind, your configuration, your beliefs in that, in that particular, uh, scenario, you believed and you had the image that you would finish. Mm. What you would like to to perhaps understand is what lies behind those beliefs that allowed you to actually believe you could make it. Mm. What's behind there? Is it just, you know, air or you just happen to be happy that day? Of course not. There is a series of, you know, formulas, configurations and connections in, in our brains and in our mindset that allow you to do that. And we've mentioned this, you know, maybe in other areas, you do not feel that you have the same ability to visualize and to configure your mind in order to keep going despite of the challenges or the circumstances. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, you can take it at a very ma- micro level, but also at a macro level. Basically, your mindset controls literally every single thing that you do. If you, if you want to take it from that broad perspective, are there mm. circumstances? Yes, of course. Are there situations where you don't have complete control of everything? Yes. But when it comes to you taking action and to you focusing on the things that you can control in any given circumstance or situation, it's basically how your mindset is wired. That's going to allow you to act one way or another. Mm-hmm. So I suppose the, the first step in developing our mindset is to assess it and, and get some kind of idea of where we're at. And, and that's what you do, isn't it? This, this is your work with businesses and, and sports and that um, around mindset. And, and it's resulted in you creating the Mindset Factors Index. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so we're going to spend a bit of time talking about my results, which I might find a little bit uh, uncomfortable. I find talking about myself a little uncomfortable, Um, but we'll of course kind of branch out and maybe see what we can um, see how the listeners might learn something from that, of course. But before we talk more about my results, can you tell me a bit more about what the Mindset Factors Index is, um, what's its purpose, what's its use, who, okay. who can use it? Yes. Uh, as you said, you know, the first step, uh, if you would like to, you know, learn more about mindset and improve your mindset is actually two, two things. Number one, understand 
the deeper concepts of mindset and how our minds operate and how our minds are connected to our bodies and mm -hmm. our feelings and the actions we take get a deeper understanding of what happens inside of us. So, so you know, that there is some studying involved. Uh, it doesn't have to be complicated, but it's, you know, if you're going to learn how to drive a car, you at least need to know what the pedals are, what they do, where, you know, the steering wheel is, where the shift stick is, you know, the lights. You, you need a basic knowledge and understanding. And once you have that grasp, the second thing that is really, really important is to start understanding yourself, see how you operate. And this involves self-understanding and awareness. Are you aware that when you have a thought or you have a reaction or you turn unconsciously to a habit, are you aware that you are actually engaging in that action or you just do it automatically and you're not paying attention? Or when you have this thought every time that somebody says, uh, can you please, you know, um, keep it quiet, you know, and then maybe things spring up for, since you were a child in school and everybody told you to, you know, keep your mouth shut. And that created maybe some self-esteem or sort of self-confidence issues, things like that. So it's about understanding those things through self-awareness. And the better that you can understand yourself and the more you learn on, on how you operate the better control and you know that turns into more self-confidence and more security in understanding what you do and how you can anticipate anticipate situations in in the future so it, it's a crucial part so tying tying this to what you mentioned about mindset factors index this is the tool i developed literally it's a self-understanding and a self-assessment tool where you can actually measure and visually see aspects of your mindset that to many people, they are completely abstract or they don't even know, you know, how they function in themselves. Hmm. Yeah. So I took the test and it's like uh, a test. Is that the right word? Would you call it a test or assessment tool? <laughs> Yeah, you, you can call it test, uh, assessment, okay. uh, index. You know, it's, I actually decided to call it the Mindset Factors Index. Yeah, but it's basically, you know, it's, a, it's an assessment tool. Yeah, a test sounds kind of, it's got, got a certain connotations. It didn't feel like a test. It, it was, I can't remember, it took about 15 minutes, doesn't yeah. it, to take to, and, you know, it wasn't onerous at all. Um, but I can remember that then once I uh, saw the results and we talked about the results, that it just it just made so much sense and and that's that it really is what there's like the first step of awareness the next step of like ah right yeah that all makes sense now what's coming out and the kind of the language that the the results used and you use it was like things just clicked and then you go ah okay and it's almost like a little pressure valve is released and you go right i get it and that means right well well what can i do now about it yeah. so some of the res results that came up, I mean, it, it, there was lots of positives for me. And let's, I, you know, let's, quite... let's do something to provide a little bit of context to the people yeah, listening. Yeah. Let me explain briefly what the Mindset Factors is and yeah. uh, very, very briefly how I came up to develop it. I think it's important for people to, to understand the, the, the context. So basically, uh, minds, the Mindset Factors Index is a tool designed to measure some factors around your mindset that are crucial 
in order to achieve results. Mm. And the reason why I created it was because I was challenged by a mentor that I have. Uh, and he asked me, are you able to explain and pinpoint why do some people achieve amazing results in any area of life and other people with the same resources, same talent, or even more resources and more talent are unable to achieve results or the same results as the others? What's the difference between the two? Why do some people naturally achieve things and other people struggle? And what, what are the specific factors? And can you identify them? So, you know, that, that was a big challenge. This happened two years ago. And we started doing some research. We started doing surveys, a lot of interviews. And we came to the conclusion that people who achieve results share in common 15 mindset factors. So mm -hmm. that's exactly what we're measuring within the assessment. 15 areas around mindset. And the second challenge that we asked ourselves was, were we able to measure this, you know, scientifically using a validated, uh, you know, verified tool that actually works? And could it be done through an assessment, a test, an index, something that could be automated? So th this is how it came about. So for the past two years, basically, We've been stuck doing research in the labs, you know, working really, really hard. And we came up with, with, with this tool that literally when you take it, what you get out of it is you can visually see a snapshot of your mindset. You saw it, you know, there's a, a series of graphs and results that you see, but essentially it's a visual x-ray of your mindset at the time that you took the test. And one thing I'd also like to point out, and it's really, really important. People are used to listening uh, and hearing about tests and assessments, which usually are personality tests. You know, there's a couple in the market out there. Mindset factors is not a personality test. And I need to stress this out because mm -hmm. it's extremely hard. And I would, you know, even be a bit uh, controversial and even say that uh, telling what your personality is just through an assessment is almost an impossible feat because, mm -hmm. because you know, it, it's, it's personality and character is so complex in a person that it would be ridiculous to think that you could, you know, pinpoint how somebody is just by answering a couple of questions, you know, because, you know, we change all the time. So what mindset factors index does is it takes a snapshot of your current mindset level at the time you took the test. And th that's really important. And having said that, you can, if you know that, you can actually work on your mindset over time and do the assessment again to me measure your progress. And that's a really, really good thing that the, the assessment has, uh, especially when working with people, because you can actually measure your progress in, 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 you know, in the, in the process of improving your mindset. So now, yeah. with that context, go, go ahead and let's talk about your results and what you wanted to <laughs> mention. Great, yeah, no, I appreciate that. And it's so true, isn't it? Like, as you say, it's a snapshot. And I think my mindset changes daily, maybe even hourly. You know, you, you, you kind of catch someone on a Monday morning compared to a Friday afternoon, you could get a completely different result, I suppose, which is a really important caveat to make. And I guess before even, before again, 
we move on. It's it's a free um, assessment tool, isn't yeah. it? That anyone can access it. And so we'll put it in the um, the show notes. Anyone can can access it and get the results and, and get that snapshot. Exactly. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Excellent. So back to me then. <laughs> um, so some of the positives that came out were um, kind of my confidence in, in certain areas of life, my, my self-awareness, self-growth, uh, my discipline, um, that I kind of set myself up with, with some good, healthy habits. Um, and this is something that I suppose people that know me would, um, I think, like would would think that about me without seeing my results would, would, would do maybe associate me uh, with being a disciplined person uh, who has set up good habits and, and loves learning. Um, so that, that kind of really came out strongly. So one of my first questions, I guess, is why is it that some people display these characteristics? Why is it that some people are more, um, disciplined and, and into these habits and, um, you know, find it easier to wake up in the morning and go to the gym. I don't know if that's a good example, but find it easier to stick with their healthy eating regimen, whatever, whatever it is. It, why is it that some people find that easier and can be more disciplined? Okay. From a, from a long-term perspective, uh, we've been mm. conditioned uh, to act and behave according to our environment and our experience. So let's say mm. that since you were a child, you know, your parents had, you know, good healthy habits around food, exercise, mm. diet. Maybe you had a group of friends that you were into sports. So obviously mm. that experience and, and that environment shaped who you are today to, to, to a great extent. On another side, it's also understanding from, you know, a more psychological aspect, how we as human beings have some, you know, basic needs we have to, 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 to fulfill. So it's, it's through the actions and it's through the habits and it's through our behavior that we fulfill those needs. Most people, when they hear about you know, human needs, they think of Maslow and the hierarchy of needs. You know, you need shelter, security, food, self-realization, you know, connection as you, as you move up. But it's understanding how when you operate and when you behave, you are fulfilling some needs that make you either feel good or they are pushing you away from pain. So there's literally an infinite number of, of ways that you can actually fulfill those needs. But I'll, I'll give you just an example. When you engage in sports, you like you know to feel good just through the exercise. But a lot of times, you not only do it for the healthy part of the exercise, probably it's a way for you to actually disconnect, yeah. connect with yourself, yeah get grounded on something, you know, set yourself a goal and you actually have many more benefits than, than just the healthy aspect. Somebody can do the same exact thing as you are doing with sports with food or with alcohol or with mm -hmm. negative addictions. If you go to the extreme extent. So, so, you know, they won't get the, 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 the healthy, positive aspect of it, but in terms of fulfilling human needs, they can get certainty, they can get connection, they can get significance. And, you know, it, it's understanding how people use different avenues and actions uh, and, and things in order to fulfill those needs. Ah, I see. So it's like the same wiring, the same circuitry is is being applied to those different situations. It just so happens that 
some people it's it's pushing them towards a healthy outcome and other people it's pushing pushing them towards a less healthy outcome but it's the same stuff going on exactly in in general terms it's a bit more complex than that but in general terms and and also you can think that you know this also has to do with 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 mindset it also has to to do with you know gratification obtaining Mm. pleasure and pain and delayed gratification you might uh put off a Friday afternoon with pizza and beers or pies and pub and things like that because you are committed to staying healthy and preparing for marathons and running. So, so you know, is that part of uh, your mindset? Absolutely. Let's say that you have more discipline or more mental resilience to actually delay gratification because for you it's more important to, to obtain that gratification by doing a race that you've never done and mm. running the double uh, the amount that you've done before. And for you, you get a tremendous satisfaction in doing that as opposed to other people who get more satisfaction by eating cake. Mm. Mm. Make sense? Absolutely, so, yeah. So, so it, it's actually, what's really interesting about that is, and it's uh, going back to the self-awareness, your behavior... And people's behavior is quite predictive because we are wired under that programming, which basically we put on repeat and it's a loop that we fulfill all the time. That's what habits are. That's how behavior it is. You know, when you get sad and something happens in your life, your pattern of behavior and the steps that you take are probably all the same. And they've been the same for years. And if you are able to pick up on that, it's almost like extracting yourself with the awareness to look at yourself like if you were looking at a movie. Mm. When you go to the movies and you sit down, it's like seeing yourself in the screen and observing and paying attention to what you do. If you have that ability to generate that self-awareness of observing yourself from outside of you and saying, oh, how interesting. I am focusing on living a more fulfilling life, but these are the habits and the patterns and the triggers that I automatically do I wasn't even aware of. Once you're able to do that, then you can ask yourself, do I really want that? Is that really serving me? Is this learned behavior, maybe it happened when you were 10 years old or six years old and something happened where you react in that situation? We're basically repeating patterns throughout our lives and unless we, unless we are aware of them and we pick them up, it's extremely hard to break those patterns and obviously change our behavior. But, but if you're able to, then you can say, hold on, this makes no sense. It's been 20 years since, you know, Sally said that mean thing to me and, you know, um, it doesn't serve me. I'm a grown up now and I should, you know, react or respond in a different way. So that, that's the process then that you can do to start changing your, your behavior and your mindset. So how do, how do people overcome that initial resistance though, that ah, this, this feels too much like hard work and the easy option is to just keep going with my usual habits. How do we put a, put, put the brakes on and go, no, stop. I want to become more aware. I know this isn't serving me. What can I do? This is the thing. (laughs) We, we are wired to avoid pain 
in a more intense way than we are wired to obtain pleasure. Right, right. So, 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 you know, I was listening to a Jordan Peterson uh, YouTube clip the other day. And About the rat tails, yeah? The rat tails, exactly. There you go, go on. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And it, it explains uh, precisely what we're talking about. You know, the rats have a higher motivation to run away from danger than to chase food. And we're, we're the same exact. So usually we start running and we start changing things when we absolutely have to, because if we don't do it, our head is going to go underwater and we're going to have consequences. Mm. But that's, and it's really interesting. Because you can pick, I can pick this up with the mindset factors test. When mm. people are wired to just run away from pain, usually they are more reactive to what happens in their lives. So they're always playing catch up. And I'll give you a specific example. You have a job. Maybe you are unfulfilled in the job and you know that you would like something better and you'd like to get paid more, so on and so forth. But the pleasure of actually going out there, learning new skills, meeting new companies, showing yourself, doing interviews, the pleasure of getting that maybe is not as powerful as remaining in a safe zone, still getting your salary and waiting to be fired. So what do most people do? I'm comfortable. I'm, I'm you know, I have more than enough. So I just wait. I get fired. That's when they start taking action. But obviously... The getting fired part is bringing a lot of negative emotions. So if, if that's your behavior of action taking over time, you're going to start making associations that taking action means pain and suffering. Mm. So anytime that you want to achieve something and you need to take action, your mindset is going to say, we're not going to do it. Because it's pain and suffering. Look, every other time in our lives, we we were forced to take action. So people like to stay in their comfort zones and try not to take action because of fear, because of lack of self-confidence, because of lack of intention. Do you see the pattern that starts creating? So mm -hmm. unless you actually are aware of this and say, you know what? I am sick and tired of suffering and I'm sick and tired of playing catch up with life. I want to get ahead. That's where maybe and just maybe you might put your focus on something else because the pain of just being who you are and where you are with the results you are is just unbearing. You've had enough. Hmm. That's when people start taking action. So, so, so it, it's actually learning a new process. It's like almost, almost like learning how to ride a bike. People who are achieving amazing results in life they have gone through this to the point where they say, you know what? I'm going to work extremely hard. I'm going to take action and I'm going to make sure that I'm never going to put in a position where I'm going to suffer and uh, be in a critical situation where I can't support myself or my family. So they work extremely hard and they do this repetitively. So it becomes part of their programming. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. I think so. So what... Um, the people that do want to break the bad habits, the people that do want to be more disciplined and do want to, I don't know, better themselves, grow, 
they've done the awareness thing. They've, they've put the brakes on. They realize, I don't know, that they want to escape some pain or they want to go towards a goal. What's the next step? Or is that too big of a question? Okay. The, the next step, one, once, let's say that you're like, I'm done. I've had enough. Yeah. The, this is where I told you at the beginning that you need to understand how your mind works. Right. And, and if you start understanding how your mind works, uh, you know, at the most basic level, our brain is designed, and you've probably heard this before, it's designed to, you know, to, to help us survive or thrive. And it's also designed to conserve calories. Mm. So the surviving part we've already talked about. You know, when we get in a critical situation, we just take action and we just look for survival mode. It's either, you know, freeze, fight, or flight. Hopefully you won't freeze, you will fight or, fight or flight. But once you're past that, and let's say that the brain is designed to help you thrive, the thriving part enters a conflict with the conserving calories. What does the brain interpret as wasting calories and consuming too many calories? Lack of clarity, not knowing what to do, not knowing where to go, not understanding the clear actions and steps that you need to go to move forward. So this is when you want to actually improve your life and do something different that you haven't done before. You might have the desire and the intent to do it, but your brain is saying, I'm not going to lift a finger until I have the clear steps and instructions of what's ahead because I need to know what's ahead because what if you're going to put us in danger? Right, right. It doesn't talk to you, but obviously it blocks you through habit, procrastination, imposter syndrome, fear of failure, fear of success. All these things are the stories that we tell ourselves because we want to, uh, to move forward. We want to achieve a goal, but the brain is just not having it. So if you know this in advance, it's like, okay. I need to make sure that I give my brain clarity by outlying where I want to go, what I want to do. And this is, you know, you can tie this, it's called vision, having a vision. Yeah. You need, you need to provide clarity to your mind, to your thoughts, to your emotions. So it's just not about, it's, it's, it's like the brain perceives it. You want to use a very graphic example, like jumping on a plane and jumping off the plane without a parachute. Would, would somebody ever rationally do that? No. Well, the brain, when you don't have a plan, when you don't know where you want to go, where you don't know what's the next step, it feels that it's jumping out of a plane without a parachute. Mm. So what's the parachute? The vision, the plan, the direction, the steps. And it doesn't mean necessarily that you need to know absolutely everything before taking action, because then again, you catch yourselves, you know, and, and, and perfectionists, you know, everybody is, is like, I'm such a perfectionist. The perfectionists want to know everything is perfect before taking action. Mm. It's actually for me and, you know, for me, it's personally, it's another story that we tell ourselves because we're scared to take action, you know, and, and, and move forward. And you're just trying to gain a bit of time to reassure yourself that, you know, it's, you're going to do it. That's, you know, another topic. We can have another podcast around <laughs> that alone, but you, you, you get the idea. So once, Definitely. once you, once you have the vision and once you have the clarity, 
And once that you provide your mind with a certainty and the security that you want to do that, and you add emotion to that, then you can start igniting action. Right. I've never heard it put like that, and it and it makes sense. And does that explain why, say, I think it was even last night, you know, I sat on the sofa and I ended up spending about an hour on Instagram Reels just flicking through funny videos. Uh, you know, it's it's like... I was just, <laughs> the way you might put it is I was just conserving energy when actually in the back of my hand and I, back of my hand, back of my head, and I was getting stressed. I was thinking, well, actually I could do some, I could do some pod- podcast prep and I could publish that episode and I could make some highlights and maybe I could do a social media post and maybe also I could reach out to a, a friend and check in on them, but I just kind of carried on. And, yeah. and so that, that's me not thinking of, Perhaps the the long term vision of you know who's the person that I want to be. I want to be someone that is making progress with this show, with this podcast show, and I want to be a, a better friend and a better brother and a better better son. But I'm just there scrolling away. Well, for, it's it's a brilliant example. That, that <laughs> it's a good example of you know um, instant gratification, the scrolling, yeah. you know, and, and all the all the all the things that you know, all the terrible things. And you need to understand, we're all human. You know, yeah. it, it, we, we, we always thinking that, you know, successful people don't engage in these behaviors is, is, is delusional. They do, but obviously they are much better at identifying them and putting blocks and stops in order to prevent that. Right. They, 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 they're much more aware that if they want to achieve great things, they set up their environment and they set up the conditions. And they fill the time with the resources and, you know, the things necessary to be as focused as possible. So, yeah. so, so it's, you know, you still need the time to wind down and to relax and to disconnect and all of that, but you can do it in a much more conscious way. And think about it. If you had absolute crystal clarity around the goals that you wanted and you had absolute commitment and you had, you know, the action to put behind that, you, you could even create the schedule of your day and your week. And you would actually design the specific actions. And hey, if you want to add into that plan 30 minutes of scrolling on Instagram, just to satisfy the short-term, you know, pleasure of the brain, do, do so. But it's being aware that there is a disconnect if you do that too much with the goals and the results that you want in life. Mm. And ultimately you see that, that, you know, when you see it from this perspective, there is a blueprint of the results and the action and the person that Sam wants to be. And then there's the reality of who you are being in the present. And once you do that, you can benchmark and measure how much separation you have from your ideal self and your baseline person who you're being today. And that involves generating awareness. If you are aware of that, you can ask yourself at the end of the day, each day of your life, was I closer to my ideal self and I stuck to my action plan and habits and focus and emotions that I want to feel every day? Or I kind of dragged off away and I was just being a puppet of my emotions and my brain and my urge to just scroll on Instagram. And, and you can say, well, today, from a score from 0 to 10, 
I was at a six. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's 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 try and be a seven or an eight tomorrow. And it's generating that awareness that over time, if you're consistent, what's going to happen? The more you get closer to your ideal self through repetition, time, day in, day out, eventually your baseline state will become your ideal self. Yeah. And it's the, the whole, it's, it's, it's a game. You, you, you can treat it as a game. And some days you win, and other days you lose, and maybe you have good streaks, and maybe you have slumps where you've been going through a month and a half and you've even forgot about your goals. Well, it, it depends on you know, how focused you are and how committed you are to actually achieving results. But it, it, once you understand the playing board and you understand the rules and the tactics and what the winning means and the losing means, it's fairly simple, fairly simple to navigate through the whole system. Yeah. And we've all, I suppose, had days like that. I've had days where I'm living out kind of that vision of I, of what I see myself. It, it, I've, had, I've had a day where perhaps everything has just kind of flowed and it's felt great. I've I've exercised and I've maybe seen friends and family. I've also done a bit of creative work. I've maybe also, I don't know, cooked a really healthy meal, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I've had a day where everything just felt great and then you feel great and, and the next day you feel great. And then I've had other days where I've behaved in such a way that it's not in line with my goals and I feel terrible. And so I guess that's a, that that's the awareness, isn't it? And going, okay, I realized that. And I like the way you, you say, put a score on it and go, oh, that was like a five out of 10 that day. So what do I need to do tomorrow? Where I've had other days where it's like, oh, that was a nine exactly. or 10. Exactly. That's really, really good. The, the what cha- about the- yeah. Sorry. Let me just add one thing, which, which is, I think, yeah, interesting. Of course. the challenge when that happens is to understand that you're going to have good days and bad days. But let's say that, you know, the most successful mindsets of the world, the people who truly, truly achieve results, I'll give you an example. Rafael Nadal, Novak Djokovic, and Federer. You know, Federer is already retired, but by far, they have been the three most successful tennis players in history. And one time, I heard Rafael Nadal say that one of the reasons, probably, he didn't say one of the reasons, the main reason why the three of them have won so many championships despite their age wasn't because they were the best players. They said that, you know, in the top 100 of the ATP, they're all good players. They're all outstanding players. But what set the bar for the three of them from the rest was that they had the ability and they developed the ability to win even when playing bad. And when I heard when I heard that, I was like, hold on, my, my brain just melted because well, I was like, how, they, they, first of all, they never played bad. But actually, it's not that they didn't play bad. It's not that they played bad. It's they, they developed the talent or the skill or the mindset to win games even by not playing at their best tennis. And there's a huge difference. There's a huge difference if you understand that. So if you take that same principle to your life, can you still get the, 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 the zero to 10? Can you still get the zeros? I mean, the eights and the nines and the tens, even when you don't feel like it, even when you've had a bad day, even when something knocked you off or somebody said something or did something, 
Are you able to consistently hit seven, eights, or nines, even when you don't feel like it? That, that's the key. If you're able to focus and understand that's the game that's going to win you in life, you're going to achieve amazing results. Yeah. It's like a bad gym session is still a gym session. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And most you're still, of the time, you, you turned up, you got there. Exactly. You did it. I was about to say that most of the times, just showing up and, and being present is, is enough to hit that. Yeah. But what happens is that, you know, our emotions get the best of us and circumstances get the best of us. And not always we have the energy to perform like we would like to. So, so that, that's the, the, the battle. That's the, 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 the challenge. Yeah. What are the people that would say, oh, this just sounds exhausting. Like, where's the balance between um, I want to grow and I want to improve my mindset and I want to improve but also I want to be happy in myself and where I am and accept um, that I can be happy right here, right now. You know, you know where, where's that balance? Okay, it's, it's, it's a very good question, very good question. And you have to make a distinction because most, and this is from my experience, what I see in people, if you ask most people and you did a survey, what does happy, happiness mean to you? Mm. And a lot of people will say, well, happiness is just, I just want to be happy. I want to feel good. I don't want to have problems. I don't want to have worries. I don't want to suffer. So if in people's mindset, happiness equals no problems, no worries, no negative emotions. Can, can we swear in this podcast? Yeah, go for it. You're fucked. <laughs> you're, you're, you're absolutely screwed because... It's delusional to think that in life, you're not going to suffer. You're not going to have pain. You're going to go through challenges. You're not going to go have negative things happening to you. It's delusional to think that. So that, that's, that's one thing. The other thing that, you know, you just said, it seems like a lot of work. Although the truth is that, you know, the process is simple. I said it was simple, but it's hard. It's hard to do this day in, day out. So the biggest, the biggest question is, so, okay, if it's easy, if it's not easy, if it's hard work, why on earth would you do that? Well, it's because you have to redefine happiness and you have to redefine why on earth you are here on earth. So the best definition of happiness that I've heard so far, it's the most simple, is progress equals happiness. If you are able to attach the meaning of happiness to progress, you don't need to have amazing things in your life. All you need to do is take one step every day towards something, and that is happiness. For me personally, happiness is a decision. It's something that I decide. And I don't need anything external to decide to be happy. So I've had terrible things happen to me. I've had terrible fights with people. I've had days where business has gone extremely bad, but it's a decision. I'm still happy. This is part of life. That's not going to define how I feel about myself. And it's just a decision. Do I feel sad sometimes? Of course. Do I feel depressed sometimes? Of course. But it, it doesn't enter into conflict with my happiness. That's one perspective. 
And the other perspective of what you would say, oh, this is all hard. It's, it's understanding, first of all, how lucky we are just to be alive. Yeah. And if you connect to gratitude, and if you actually are aware of what are the odds of you being alive today and breathing, and it's almost impossible, you know, statistically, from a statistical perspective, that it's a miracle that we are alive. If you pay attention to that, why on earth would you just waste your life away doing nothing or focusing on all the negatives and the circumstances that are affecting you instead of doing something fulfilling, instead of doing something that will allow you to contribute to others, instead of growing? And from a more biological perspective, we are humans. We are living beings. The purpose of any living being on earth or in the universe is to grow. A tree doesn't sit there and say, I don't want to grow. I don't want to become an oak tree. Uh, you don't see dogs. You don't see fish being depressed about growing. It's what we do. So, so, so it, it, it's, it's, it's what life is about. So trying to stay where you are, trying to be stuck, saying, I can't be bothered to grow. I can't be better bothered to improve who I am. I can't be bothered to become the best version of who I could really become. For me, it doesn't make sense. If, if for others it makes sense, well, that, that's their, their issue. But for me, it's all about growing, being and embracing your full expression, expanding in all senses. And one day, when the day comes that I will be dying in my deathbed, I only care about one thing. Did I try and did I give my all and I am happy and I'm at peace? Well, I said I became the best person I could possibly be, whoever I become. But if I can answer the yes to that, I can go and die in peace. If I answer no, I'll be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> right, so happiness is progress. Just keep developing. Just keep getting that little better every day, the tiniest little steps. Exactly. Are, are, are you going to make it every single day? No, of course not. But right. make it your main focus. Yeah, yeah. And so linked to that is, is this vision that you talked about before. And so one thing that came up in, in my results was um, – it was that vision was kind of was was lacking almost you know and I, and i think that in certain areas of my life i do have a clear vision and exercise we keep coming back to exercise but exercise exercise seems to be a good example for me it's something that i find easy to be disciplined with and to set myself a goal i want to do this and i kind of i can break down the steps to decide how to do that i think i, I sometimes think that's a bit of a it's just like, it's just cheap. It's just like a get out of jail free card or I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but it's like exercise is easy. You know, it's not as, it's not as hard as learning. It's not as hard as, um, trying to do that inner work of trying to develop myself and understand why relationships are broken down. It's, it's easier than building a business or, or something like that, isn't it? It's just so much easier. So it's like, I can, I can have a vision with something that's easier. But where, when it comes to, say, this podcast or maybe my relationship with an income that I think I'm deserving of and um, that I could attain and 
you know, the, the house I could own and the car I could drive, whatever it is, and even relationships. It's like, I don't have that vision. And that, that came out from, from the test, uh, from the index. And it's something that we discussed. Like, what, what can I do about that? How, how can I shift my mindset here and challenge myself to, to get a more clear vision in terms of business goals, relationship yeah. goals, this kind of thing? Yeah, we, we, had, we had a conversation the first time we talked. The, the, the main thing that you can do is it generates awareness. And it's like, okay, right, hold right. on. And you, you're doing that as we speak. Why is it for me easy to control my outcomes in exercise and have a vision? And why am I being challenged in other areas of my life where it just seems harder or I have more resistance to doing? What, what's going on here? It has to do with a couple of factors. Mainly your belief system around the other areas and mainly how you see yourself in those situations. And that's tied to identity. Who are you being and how are you showing up in those situations and what experiences you're getting out of that in the sense of, you know, what are the emotions that those situations turning your business into an income, relationships, or other areas of your life, and how are you feeling? So, so being aware of that and understanding what are the beliefs. And a lot of times, there are conflicts where you want to achieve something, but there's another part of your mind or your belief system which will say, I'm not doing that. And you might not be aware that this is going on within you, but it's good to, 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 to find out and identify. Some other times you might want to have some goals and you develop the beliefs to do that. But then you have values that enter in conflict with those actions and those beliefs that you want and that desire. So it, 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 it's things as, as simple as if you were told when you were a kid, Sam, we're not rich. What do you think? That money grows on trees? You say, okay, no, money doesn't grow on trees. So what, what does that mean? Money is hard to get. So you're not, you know, it's been years since that happened. But when you are running your business and starting a business, unconsciously, you are doing it with the belief and the emotions that it's a hard thing to do. And you just said it. For me, exercise is easy. And somebody might be listening to this and say, well, for Sam, it's easy. For me, it's the hardest thing on earth. Making money, for me, no problem. I can make you money <laughs> with my eyes closed. It, it depends. So it's understanding that. And once you are able to pinpoint, and you don't even need to pinpoint it, once you're aware and aware that there's a conflict in beliefs, a lot of times the simple realization you have a conflict is like, that doesn't even make sense. And it dissolves, it disappears. It's just, it's just like fear. You are fearful of doing something. How many times were you scared of doing something? And once you did it because you were challenged or you had no option or you developed the, 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 you know, the, just the willpower to do it. And once you did it, you're like, oh my God, it wasn't as scary as I thought. And actually it's not that it was scary. I enjoyed it. I want to do it again. So, so, so it, it, it's overcoming these things through action and through moving and through progress. So, so, you know, if you want to tie this to, to the Mindset Factors Index, what the yeah. Mindset Factors Index does is it allows you 
to pinpoint the areas in your mindset and in your life where you may have these blocks. It won't tell you what blocks you have because, you know, it, it's a limited tool. That's where the conversation and the questions and the, the conversations with you come up. But at least it will point you in the direction and the area where some, might, some blocks might exist. Or on the other hand, where you have some strengths that you can further develop. Mm, mm. Yeah, all makes sense to me. And the example that you gave about money not growing on tree, trees rings very true. And also, I think I grew up with a kind of almost like a thinking that people that are, are rich and showing off their money, it's like distasteful. And all rich, rich people are kind of the bad people. That was kind of the attitude that I almost had like, oh, you know, they, they must be selfish and just just in it to make money. Whereas actually, you know, some of the richest people in the world are doing the most good in the world and have created a product that is making people happy or it's useful or, or, or whatever it is. And so to reevaluate that relationship with money exactly. as an example is really interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. If, if, you, if you're not aware of that, even if you work extremely hard and even if you make money, if you have the belief that rich people are bad or they are do, mm. they're going to do harm, What's going to happen most likely? You, you're going to get rid of your money really, really fast. <laughs> it, it, you're either going to spend it on something else or you're going to make really stupid buying decisions and mm. you're going to end up with nothing and you don't, won't even understand what happened. And it, it's, I have a current client without saying names or, or anything and he feels that he feels unworthy. And it's something that, you know, it came out with mindset factors. So he is a businessman and throughout his life, he's made a lot of money, but he just spent it or gave it away. And we came to the, a very meaningful conversation where he came to realize the reason why I make money and I just gave it away or spend it is because I don't feel comfortable and I feel unworthy if it's sitting in my bank account. I need to get rid of it. So, so it's amazing for a person to come to that conclusion, that awareness, and then decide, does this behavior make sense? Is it, is it serving me in, in, in some way? Well, for him, he was giving a lot to charity and social causes. It was his way of actually, you know, feeling worthy. So it wasn't necessarily negative, but was it hurting other areas of his life? Of course. So what you need to do, you need to start developing a mindset of self-worth. Mm -hmm. But unless you are able to make that connection, you're going to repeat that pattern till the, the day you die. This is what, it, what, what it's about. This is the process. Yeah. And this is the power of the work that you do, surely. The, the conversations that are coming up and how you're helping someone in that situation to reevaluate their self-worth and then project more good out into the world, which I'm sure this, this client has a huge amount of potential to do. Yeah, absolutely. You asked me, it seems like a lot of work. Well, this is the part that fulfills me. First of all, yeah. in me trying to become a better person every day and then trying to make an impact and help other people have these realizations and these transformations through my work and through what I do. That's what fuels me. That's what gives me energy. That's my purpose. That's my life mission. So, so I, I run on that energy. And it's what keeps me going. Sometimes am I tired? Sometimes things go wrong? Yes. But I go always back to the focus of what I want to achieve and who I want to become.
Uh, JP, it's been it's been really great chatting to you. Um, I really appreciate your time um, for explaining more about the Mindset Factors Index, for for talking through um, some of my results and and, and um, how I can shift my mindset, uh, and just for for sharing so much so much knowledge and and so many ideas and so many approaches that people can take. Hopefully, it's um, shifted people's mindsets that are listening. I really appreciate yeah, th- it. Thank you, thank you, Sam, for having me and giving the opportunity to speak in your podcast. It's a privilege and an honor, and I'm extremely grateful. So, thank you. Nice one. So a few questions before you go. And th- these can be quite kind of quick fire rounds. I realize we're, we're up to 55 minutes. The time has flown mm-hmm. again. The last time I spoke to you, the, an hour flew by. So it's, it's flown by again. Um, some quick fire questions. The first is, what's one lesson you wish you'd have been taught when you were a, a child? One lesson I, w- I, w- I would like to, to have been taught is number one, develop uh, the ability to believe more in yourself without relying on other people's validation and to develop that self inner self-confidence. And number two, tied to that is decide something and act upon it fast. There's an extreme power to, 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 to deciding something and acting fast, not carelessly, but once you have decided something, do not wait, act upon it, because amazing things ha- will happen after that. So, so it's two lessons actually, but they're, they're connected. And I wish I, I would have that in me since I was ten years old. It's something that you know that would change. I would I like to have that quality of believing more in myself since that age. And what's one habit I can add to my life that would help me feel great? One habit, probably. Um, my perspective on habits is a bit uh, not mainstream to how, what most people think. So I would probably develop the habit of getting to know yourself and understand all your mental pattern and really understand what, how you operate inside and learn from that and improve it. Not by trying to change external things, but by looking inside of you and seeing what you can improve from within and then take action from there. It's, it's, it's still a habit, so I think it would be a very, very powerful habit. And final question. If you could gift everyone in the world just one book, what book would you give them? You know, it's the first time that they asked me that question. And, you know, I, I get interviewed quite, quite, quite a lot. They never asked me that question, and you got me thinking. So just to give Good. you an answer, I'd say the book Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. It's, it's a classic, and it has to do on a lot of the concepts that we talked today, and it's about helping people shift uh, their self-image to a more desired self-image that will allow them to, to, to achieve better results. It's a really, really good book. It's a classic. Um, so that would be the book that I would recommend. Yeah. Great. Awesome answer. Right. And finally, people that want to get in touch with you now, you're, you're on LinkedIn, aren't you? Um, but yeah. Where else would you like to point people towards in terms of websites, et cetera? Uh, well, if, if people are curious and they want to do the Mindset Factors Index themselves, as you said before, it's free. So you can go to mindsetfactors.com and you can you just click on take the test, the assessment, and you can start there. You will get your results via email. Also, LinkedIn. My name is quite uh, singular. So if you just type my name in Google, you will see myself in Instagram, Facebook, but mainly LinkedIn. It's probably the place where I'm more active right now. So you can uh, 
shoot me a message there. Perfect. Right. Like I say, it's been a pleasure and I'll, I'll be in touch soon again, I'm sure, JP. Excellent. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in. I really hope you found my conversation with JP insightful. And if you did enjoy the episode, please share it with friends, family and colleagues who you think would find it helpful. And you can also support the podcast by following and rating the show on whichever app it is you're listening on. Thank you so much again, and I'm looking forward to bringing you another episode very soon. Bye.